0: Well, I'm going to give you a, a message. i got 36 minutes, but I might run over. That's fine. I didn't hear no collective, oh. <laughs> no, I just was messing with you. Let me pray. Lord, help. That's the best thing I can say right now. Help, help, help. Lord, you're good. Lord, thank you so much for everything you've given us. Lord, uh, it, the truth is we should be the happiest people on earth. It really is the truth. Help us to... See that, Lord. Thank you for for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm going to read Psalm 67, 1 and 2. This is a really awesome couple of verses here. It says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah, that your way may, may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. So I think this is, first of all, I wanted to say this is an amazing prayer uh, for you to pray over your family and over yourself. uh, There's three things that he said. He said, one, God be merciful to us. That's something we should really ask the Lord to do, uh, to continue to do, and to bless us, the second thing. And the third thing is to cause his face to shine upon us. And the writer uh, even took a pause there to asked us to pause when we read this and think about it for a moment. Think about those three things uh, that God really wants to give people is mercy and, and he wants to bless people and he wants his face to shine upon us. These are three really vital things. And so that's why he said to pause. And then once we thought about it a little bit, we would read what the outcome of these three things would be, is one, that God's way would be known on the earth. That God's way, that's the outcome of a people that experience uh, mercy and blessing in the face of God. That God's way, that the heart of God, the, that God would be manifest, God Himself would be manifested on the earth. That God would reveal Himself to people and that there, there would be a harvest, there would be salvation uh, among all the nations. So I think that what this is telling us is one of in my mind one of the most overlooked uh evangelistic verses in the Bible yeah. because it really gives us keys to how God wants to move in the earth and 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 to bring about a harvest and bring salvation and release uh evangelism and release missions is is through a people who've experienced mercy and' through a people who've experienced god's blessings and through a people who um have experience, who experience the face of God. And, and, what God and, and it's key that we really understand that God is not looking for us necessarily to always understand everything about those three things. That understanding is a really great thing to have, but if all you have is understanding about mercy and about the blessings and about the face of God, if all you have is understanding, you don't have it. You just have understanding. I would trade understanding about the face of God any day of the week for the face of God. See, God wants people to experience His face in their life. He wants people to experience His mercy in their life. And He wants people to experience blessings in their life. And when that really becomes a people's portion, those people who've experienced that can have a major impact on the world they live in. And everywhere they go, they can bring a manifestation of, of those uh... into the people around him so i believe god really does want to bring a harvest in the earth today i really do and so i'm i'm really pulling on god to show me and this is one of the things he showed me is this verse and so i wanted to just talk a little bit about each one of those is first i want to just say something about mercy um... i think becky preached a couple messages about mercy recently um... I don't know what she said exactly. I listened to it, but I don't remember all the details. Because, anyway, she probably said what I said in prior times because I gave her all my notes. (laughs) It's true, I did. She's trying to deny it. She's claiming last week I preached her message, but I didn't use her notes, so I use my own personal notes. But one thing the Bible tells us about mercy is, uh, and I'm not going to put all these scriptures up because it's too many. But it says that God is the Father of all mercies. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 2, 1 through 3, that God is the Father of all mercies. And apart from us really, if we're going to really understand the Father, the Father's heart, you can't really grasp the Father's heart without really having a revelation of mercy, because that's what his heart is. His heart is mercy. And, and so for us to really reach in and really know God as our Father, part of knowing that is knowing mercy and experiencing mercy in our lives. And that's why Jesus said later in the uh, Gospels, or earlier in the Gospels, He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and learn mercy. Yeah. That's what He said. I, want you to, I don't want sacrifice. That's what He, he told a people one day. I don't, I'm, when they were complaining about Him hanging out with, uh, with tax collectors and evil people, He said, you need to learn something. You need to learn this thing. That, and this is what I want you to learn. I want you to learn mercy. I want you to learn mercy because when you learn mercy, you learn what the Father's heart is like. That's what he was really saying. You're going to get to know what the Father's like is when you begin to, to learn mercy. Isn't that amazing? And Paul later told Timothy, he told him this. He said, my success in ministry I can attribute to a revelation of mercy. My ongoing success in ministry I can attribute to a revelation Of the mercy of God. That's amazing when you think about it. His success wasn't based on an anointing. His success wasn't based on great spiritual authority. His success, he said, the major thing that has kept me successful day in and day out for years is this revelation of mercy that God has given me. And the Bible tells us, it tells us so many things about mercy is intertwined all through the Bible. We sing about mercy this and said. The mercy is new every morning. That's a great scripture. It's Lamentations 3:24. Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so every day God releases a wave of mercy into the earth. Every day, every new day, there's a wave of mercy from heaven that's released. The people, literally, God does. Literally, God does that. He doesn't release mercy once, but every day in your life, when you wake up in the morning, there is a wave of mercy waiting on you. Yes. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you something. Sometimes I commit some things and do some things and and act some ways that are not really satisfying to God. How many, anybody know what I'm talking about? Rhonda does, right? She fusses at Buck and you know about stuff. She's shitting fussing about like leaving stuff laying around. And, you know, playing golf too much, all that stuff. But really, you know, this is one of the things I always do: is I wake up in the morning. If I had a, a, a not such a hot day the next day, Lord, I call out to the mercy of God, because I can start fresh today and live a new life today. I don't have to be set back. I don't have to do a bunch of stuff. I can just get mercy flowing again. And you know what? Everything is all right. Everything is good. God is back in in control. God's back on the throne of my heart again. You know, just by pulling on this mercy, God really wants to release mercy to people. Yes. Well, um, there's a great message that was given years ago, and, and the title of the message was "I Set Where They Set." It was by a man named Steve Wilber, who's he's really an old guy now, but this guy had, you know, he was like the, what, what I call the walking revelation. Mm-hmm. Ever what you know, he just knew everything about God that there was to know. I thought, man, this. I've gone and spent a weekend in his house and probably said 20 words about what I knew about God because I was listening to him the whole time telling me wondrous things about God. And uh, he gave a message once years ago that spoke to my heart profoundly is he uh, had um, some kind of like physical problem in his body with his knees where he had to have knee replacement. And he wound up going to a, a, a rehab center. And he, he got this beautiful message from, he said, I sat where they sat. For the first time in his life, he was disabled because he was a bodybuilder. He was, a you know, a, a tough guy, you know, did thousands of push-ups every day. And, and just crazy stuff, really. And uh, He also could tell you the history of bodybuilding. <laughs> I thought was interesting. But anyways, Steve Wilbur was super spiritual and into bodybuilding. And then he sort of messed his life up. Uh, with his knees and but he he's, he talked about I sat where they sat There's a phrase in the Bible by the book of Ezekiel where Ezekiel sat with these people by the river Chabar he said these were these were exiles and he sat with them and he experienced what they were experiencing he experienced the brokenness that they were feeling okay he felt the, the pain of what they felt and I think when Becky talked about mercy that was one of her greatest revelations is It's disabled people who, because we walked into the, I took her to the orthopedic doctor. I never forget walking there and sitting in the waiting room. And all these people sitting, waiting to see doctors with casts and crutches and and pains. And they were aching and they were hurting. Uh, And she was sitting where they sat. She was brought low in her life. For the first time in her life, she couldn't even bathe herself. Literally, she couldn't even bathe herself. I had to bathe her for a few days, which... You know, who wants to do that, right? I mean, I don't even want to bathe myself, you know, (laughs) much less somebody else. But you would somebody you love. And you would one of your grandkids, right? Right. But she learned, that's where God began to speak to her about mercy. It's setting in a place where you uh, need mercy. Um, I wanted to read this one scripture. Uh, This, to me, is one of the most beautiful scriptures on mercy, even though they don't even use the word mercy in the message translation. It does in others. It's Romans eleven thirty-two. It says, in one way or another, God, God makes sure that we all experience what it means to be outside. To be outside so that he can personally open the door and welcome us back in. That's what mercy really is. It can be in any area of your life where you are outside looking in. For the first time in her life, her health wasn't good. For the first time in her life, she couldn't go do for other people, they had to come do for her. She was sitting outside in the realm of ser- serving other people. She had to be served. And, and it, not, it wasn't that God bro- caused her to break her shoulder. It what doesn't it what isn't God when things things happen? But I promise you, every one of us, we could worship God for the times He allows us to sit outside and be the person on the outside looking in, wishing we could be in there. There's going to be times in your life where God will allow you to sit outside and look in and wish you could be Mm. in there. Where God was, where the blessing was, where the favor was, where God was doing things. Where, you know, it could be your health, it could be your finances, it could be in relationships, anything. I, again, I want to make sure I make it point. God doesn't stick us out. He doesn't cause things. But he'll sort, certainly use a thing like that to teach a person about mercy. To teach a person what it feels like to set, To sit with them. And there's a reality that will come into your life. There's a scripture... And uh, uh, Proverbs, uh, it's what I call the tyranny of unbroken success. Did you know there's a tyranny of unbroken success that comes on people? And this is what it says. It's Proverbs um, 18, 23. It says, the rich man, the rich man speaks roughly. The rich man speaks roughly, but the poor man offers entreaties. Have you ever been around somebody... That speaks roughly. In other words, if somebody's having a hard time, why can't they? They just need to. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's a rich man. That's a rich man. He's speaking roughly. He hasn't sat outside. He hasn't sat where a drug addict can sit. He hasn't sat where a man's lost everything. He hasn't sat where a person's lost their health. He hasn't sat where a person's lost their marriage. He hasn't sat where a person's lost their ministry. So they, they have all the answers. They're easy answers because they've set in a place of success. And there's a tyranny that comes into people's lives. And they'll begin to speak roughly until they find themselves looking out, looking, sitting on the outside looking in. And suddenly you're having all the answers. It's something you really don't want no more. You, you understand what I'm saying? Don't trust people who have all the answers. I'll tell you that right now. Trust people who don't have the answers. People who don't have answers are people you probably should be listening to, because they probably really do have the answers. And see, God really is looking for people who can who can have that kind of heart towards other people. A heart that offers entreaties, a heart that, that speaks softly, a heart that reaches out instead of a heart that barks, a heart that complains, a heart that judges. Not a good. That's not the kind of heart. And that's what the tyranny of unbroken success will do to you and I. Y'all are right? Y'all just sitting here looking at me. I think God really has allowed people to go through stuff. And one of the things He was trying to teach us was mercy. And so, if we don't get hardened, hardened to the Lord and get bitter towards the Lord when we go through these things, we can learn mercy. That's right. That is right. We can learn mercy. And when you start beginning to walk in mercy, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up to bring the presence of God to people's lives. You're setting yourself up to see evangelism. You're setting yourself up to see missions. You're setting yourself up to see God moving in a significant way. And that's really what God's really, really looking for. You know, the, one of the worst things that can happen to us. I want to move on from mercy. but One of the worst things that can happen to you and me is for God to bless us and give us our inheritance and and fulfill the promises and the desires that God's put in our hearts apart from a revelation of mercy. Because what we'll do is we'll fall into pride. And then God will resist us and we'll lose the blessings. We'll lose the favor. We'll lose those things. But when a person has walked through something and they've got this thing about mercy going in their life, God can entrust them with a lot of riches. And I just want to tell you that. So if you've gone through some things... In your life, and if you're sitting on the outside right now, perhaps God is trying to teach you mercy. Perhaps God—that is the the pathway for you into all the blessings that God wants to give you. Amen. Another thing that's intertwined—that's uh, in the prayer there—is is blessing. Um, of course, most people would say they want to be blessed by God. Um, blessing is really kind of important thing in the Bible. Once I begin to really think about it, just apart from just a generic thing, uh, it begins uh, in the very first of creation. In Genesis 128, it said God created Adam and Eve, and the first thing He did was bless them. The first thing that God did when He created the human being was release a blessing to them. Isn't that powerful? And then a few chapters later, in Genesis 12, this man named Abraham shows up on the scene, and and God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless everything that you have and everything that you do. And everybody who blesses you, I'm going to bless. And everybody who curses you, I'm going to curse. And I think we could all say that blessing that God gave Abraham has impacted the world both spiritually and physically. It really has. That's been one of the greatest uh, things. It came from a blessing of a man. And then you go up in the New Testament. And the first major message that Jesus preached, the, the what they call the Magna Carta of the kingdom of God, where Jesus explained the kingdom of God. This is how the kingdom of God works. This is how the kingdom of God flows. This is how the kingdom of God flanks, thinks. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. If you ever think about it like that, it'll change your mind about reading the Sermon on the Mount because it's all about this is the way the kingdom works. This is the way the kingdom thinks. This is how the kingdom flows. And what's the first things that he does in that he gives nine, nine, Blessed statements. Blessed are you, bless her to you, bless her to you, bless her to you. Nine times he said that. That's just an amazing thing. In other words, Jesus was looking. God was looking for people to bless. And you know, Jesus blessed people with healing in his ministry. He took time to take up children in his arms and bless them. And in the end of Luke, Luke 24, when Jesus was going back to heaven, the last thing he did, it says, as he was. Ascending, as he was going up, he looked at his disciples and he blessed them. I mean, is that not just something? That should tell us that God is interested in blessing people. And that God is looking for a people that he can bless. And there's a thing out there where people, you know, are you in the Bless Me Club? You should say, I am. Because God is the president of that club. You know, and the Holy Spirit is the treasurer of that club that dispenses them. And Jesus is the person walking around releasing those blessings. Because it says in Ephesians 1, 3 that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He is the treasure chest. And God is looking to bless people. He's looking for people. That's why we should ask, God, bless me. Bless my family. Bless my finances. Bless my health. Bless my ministry. Whatever you're doing in your life, except sinning. Well, you could say, Lord, bless my sinning, and it might just cause that sin to drop and die in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. God's looking for a people to be blessed. Um, I wanted to read this one scripture, 3rd John 2. Everybody knows. This is just a beautiful scripture, but it says, uh, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. It's a prayer. Of John the Apostle, I pray you would prosper in all things. That's blessing. I pray that for you. Just as your soul prospers, all true blessings and prosperity begins inside of us. That's the key, right? Because you can have things and be dying inwardly, right? You can have all the money in the world and be afraid. Uh, you know, Howard Hughes, you know, everybody knows about old Howard. He was a beautiful guy, wealthy, created Hughes airline. I don't know what it is today It's something else, but major, major man, but he couldn't even be around people because he was scared of getting sick. He would be in a room with people and he'd go take a bath. He was, and he was wealthy. He had everything in the natural, but he didn't have prosperity of soul because he lived in fear, you know. And so when we begin to get our soul in alignment with God, when our soul is flush with Christ, God can begin to bless our life. And there's a proverb that says that God will add riches to a man and add no sorrow to it. No sorrow. And I want to say uh, today about blessing, I'm talking about outward things that people can say, never be ashamed of the blessings of God in your life. If God gives you a beautiful home and wants you to have a beautiful home, don't be ashamed. Don't make excuses to people. If he gives you a really nice car to drive and really nice clothes to wear, if God does that in your life, don't be ashamed of his blessing. Don't let people say bad things about you just because you're a Christian and God has blessed your life. Because people will do that. Uh, The religious spirit will do that. It will make you like, oh, well, I need to explain to them why I'm driving a BMW and I'm a pastor. We've talked about that. Actually, uh, Marlon and I were out to lunch this week, and the place we went, someone had a beautiful black BMW. And that thing was shiny, and it had beautiful wheels on it. And I said, man, look at that car, Marlon. I would love to have a car like that. And Marlon said, well, you know, I'd be scared because when you're driving it, it nicks and people nicking it in the car lot thing. And I was saying, that's stupid, Marlon. Who cares? You can park it down there, and you can wash it. But then I started thinking, but if I had it, I would have to constantly be explaining to people why I have a BMW and I don't really have a great salary. And I would be having to explain away the blessings of God. And I want to tell you something. I'm sure we can go too far. I'm sure there's people out there claiming the blessings of God or how they're living that may not be the blessings of God. And they've gone too far with it. But I'm not talking about going too far with it. I'm talking about allowing God to bless your life and not being ashamed of it. In fact, I'm talking about being a person that pulls on the blessing and says, God, I want you to bless me. I want you to favor me. I want my finances to be favored. I want my health to be favored. I want my family. I I don't want to live in a house that's falling apart. I want it to be blessed. I want when people walk in my house, they feel blessed. They feel God's presence. They feel something there. They feel rest there. They feel peace there. That's blessing. God wants to do that for people. And he wants Christians to get out of this crummy mindset that says you have to live low and act low and be stupid. He wants to wipe that off and tell us to stop that. That was what Seth was singing this morning. Us and God. Instead of an old, I must decrease. And God must increase. God has said, no, I'm not going to increase without you. I'm taking you with me. Now, that's the heart of God. Of course, you could take all this and twist it and malign it and make it into something that's not. But if you are truly asking God to bless your life and walking in integrity with God and allowing God to flow and allow the blessings to touch other people, then go after those blessings. Don't be ashamed. Go after them and don't be ashamed because it will create an atmosphere for people to get saved. Oh, they may think, let me tell you, I know a man who's a pastor. But before he was a pastor, he came from a family of very, very wealthy people. And I'm not talking about people who just got $100,000, 200000 This man is a multi-millionaire. And he says, Byron, I have these young pastors coming to my house thinking they can have a house like this by being a pastor. I said, I knew they couldn't. You know, but I'll tell you one thing about that man that struck me because he thought different than we think. He's wealthy. Is one, he was not ashamed of what he had, he was not making excuses for what he had. Too, he thought completely different about money than I've ever thought about it. Like, duh, I've never thought about money like that. I mean, he really sees money as totally as a servant. That's meant to serve something. He's got it. that money serves him. He doesn't serve that money. Yeah. I mean, this man's got so much money. He was complaining, yeah, I had to put $5 million into that project. I think, plenty of I wish I had $5 million to put into something. I wish I had 5000 I wish I had 500 You know, to put into something. and So don't be ashamed of the blessings of God. Ask God to bless you. Ask Him to. Say, Lord, I want you to bless me. I need you to bless me. My ministry needs to be blessed. My anointing needs to be blessed. My authority needs to be blessed. Bless my job, my children. Ask Him to. Go after it. Don't be ashamed. Let Him bless you. Because God wants to save people. Because when they see the blessings of God in your life, they'll know that there's a real God. Because if God could bless that idiot, he could bless me. (laughs) You know? Woo! I think that's the truth. And then, the face of God. Well, let me just say this. You know, we talk more about the presence of God than the face of God. Uh, Because in in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, it's always the face of God. In the original language, there's no such thing as the presence of God. When a Hebrew talks about the, the, the presence of God, if they're, gonna, if they're strict Hebrew, they're going to not say the presence. They're going to say the face of God. The face of God. And so, um, I believe, you know, the face of God and the presence of God are synonymous when, it, when we fold over into the New Testament. But, let me read this scripture to you. Psalm 27, verse 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your, your face, Lord, I will seek. Mm-hmm. See, God is looking for people who will seek his presence out. Who will make the presence of God, the face of God, the most important thing in their life. That That's, that's the chief thing. Now, you can say what you want to say. You can act like you want to act. But, and people can say all this stuff because people say crazy stuff about this. You know, but seeking the presence of God, seeking an atmosphere that's full of the presence of God, your home where people walk in and they feel the presence of God. Your church, when they walk in, they feel the presence. That's what we should be going after. That's the highest priority in life. And I'm going to tell you, people who don't experience the presence of God, something's wrong with them spiritually. I'm telling you, it's not that you are wrong. What happens when you experience the presence of God something happens to you. Something happens in your life when you have an encounter with the very living presence of God. Here's one thing that happens. Nothing ever will satisfy you apart from that. You can do the best things. You can have the best ministry. You can have the most money. You can have the most this, most that. But in your heart, there's going to be a hole in you. A hole that only only God himself can fill. Not, the, not even the things of God can feel that. And God is looking for a people who will say, That's what I want. That's what Lord, you said, seek my face, that's what I'm doing. Another one, Psalm 105, verse 4, says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face forevermore. Seek the Lord and His strength. Here's the truth if you you can't separate God's face from God's power. They go together. I don't know why everybody gets all this deal to you about the hand of God. You're, you're seeking. You should just you stop seeking the hand of God because you should just be seeking God. That's just a religious statement. I mean, really, when somebody says that to you, you know, in, in the spirit, you should just give them a good karate chop. Like, you know, I'm not buying that. I might be nice on accident, but I'm not buying that. I'm, here, listen, I'm seeking the face of God, which also happens to include the power of God. And if I'm seeking the power of God, it just so happens it includes the face of God. Because God, I mean, you know, if if I came into your house, I'm not leaving my arms and hands out in the yard. They're coming in with me. And we think that we can divide God like that. Religion divides God. Religion will divide God in your heart and tell you 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 can't seek the power of God. That's not legal. Just seek God. That's the highest. No, it's not. You're trying to talk somebody out of something that belongs to them. And when we we buy that lie, we get talked out of things. Well, you know something? I need to finish. (laughs) But It's great having a spouse. They do a lot of things for you, right? They wash the dishes. You have to help them. They clean the house. You have to help them. They go get groceries, but you have to take it in. I'm just telling you all the tasks of my life. You know, I cut the grass. I get no help. You get what I'm saying. It's kind of a one-sided deal. You know what I'm saying? You kind of wind up doing a bunch of stuff. You know, but I, you know, I don't believe in making beds. Just be honest with you. But Becky does. And for a long time, she made me make the bed. You know, she made me make up the bed every morning. I had to help her. I hated it. I'm like, oh, God, why don't It's just stupid. Why, just throw the stuff over it and move on. Why don't we go tuck it, place pillows, and all that crazy? Nobody's going to see this except me and you, and I don't care. You know, well, finally, she spoke a soft word to me yeah, one day yeah. and said, you know what? Whoever gets up first makes the coffee, and I will always make the bed. That was a big day in my life. And so, every morning I have something to be thankful for. First of all, Lord, thank you. I don't have to make the bed. I'm happy to make the coffee, but not the bed, Lord. Thank you. I don't ever have to make a bed again. And one thing I always do, I make sure if, if I get up first and she start, and then I hear her getting up, I do not go to the bedroom. Because I know she's making the bed and I don't want to be involved yet. Like, Because if I go, like, hey, will you help me? Like, no, I stay away from there. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying all this. I don't just get Becky's hands. I get Becky. Aww. But I do get all that she does, you know, and all that she is. God wants, when we say seek his face, we get God and all that God does and all that God is. And that's why the Bible says seek, seek his face. Seek his face because you're going to get him, you're going to get all that he does and all that he is. And, and, and the psalmist are telling us They're not suggesting it They're saying This is what y'all should be doing This is what people on earth should do And why are they saying it? Because God wants to give us His face He wants to give us Himself He doesn't want to hold Himself back And um, I love the, one of the last things in the Bible It says in Revelation 22 verse 4 They shall see His face and his name shall be on there for them. They shall see One of the promises of God the, uh, for the bride, for the people of God, that one of the glorious things that we will clearly see the face of God. That's one of the rewards that God has. In the meantime, we are going to experience different levels of his face and of his presence, of his power. But he wants us to seek it and seek it and seek it. And I wanted to read this famous passage here. Uh, that we know so well, but it's such a beautiful passage that ties into evangelism. Uh, Because I'm talking about evangelism. I'm talking about all this that leads to something. It leads to people finding God because you're a person who walks in mercy. You're a person who's experienced mercy and knows mercy and has embraced mercy in your life. You're a person who's, who's experienced the blessings of God and have embraced them. And you're a person who's experienced the face of God and embraced it and is part of your life. And that's going to cause people to be drawn to you and want what you have whether they know what you have Is God or not, but there's going to be something in it that's going to be quickening people. And then it says there will be a major move of God at some point. But this is what Moses said. He's having this conversation with the Lord. We've read this before, but this is so beautiful. Uh, And they actually translated it, presence, but it's really face. And he said, God was speaking to Moses after they had a conversation about, about leading the children of Israel out. And he said, my presence or my face will go with you and I will give you rest. Isn't that beautiful? Whenever God's face, whenever God's presence comes, the people of God can enter into the rest of God. We've tried everything to rest. We've tried to convince ourselves how to rest. We try all kinds of things to rest, to come, be at peace on the inside, to be settled. But here it says, God himself is saying, if my presence comes, your soul will rest. If my presence comes, you can find that rest that you desire, your emotions can calm down and all that stress can dissolve out of your heart. It's something God really wants to do. Then he said to him, this is Moses speaking to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. That's a (laughs) that's the best statement ever, right? In other words, the worst mistakes I've made in my life is when I didn't stick with the presence as I let something else take me away. Your presence is known by the peace in your heart. When you lose peace, the presence is lifted. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule. Why does it say? Because that's the presence of God. Because the presence of God is in the shalom of God. That's why when Jesus sent the disciples out, the 70 out, I think it was the 70, he said, whatever house you enter, if there's a man of peace there, your peace will rest there. If there's not a man of peace there, your peace will return to you move on. In other words, if there's a man of the presence, this is a house of people who desire God, the presence of God will come and your presence will combine with their presence and something's going to happen with the other people around. That's what it's, what it's talking about. I think that's pretty cool, right? And this is what Moses said. Lord, if your presence doesn't go, how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace? The revelation of grace. In your sight, except you go with. See, grace and the presence of God are always together. They always move together. They always function. A person can't tell me they have a revelation of grace and they don't have a revelation of God's presence. It's not true. It's not biblically possible. If you're getting revelation of grace, you're getting a revelation of God's presence, whether you know that or not. I'm just telling you. Somebody needs to know that grace and presence come together. And then it says. We found grace, except you go, with, so shall we, so shall we, we, so we shall be separate. Your people and I from all the people who are on the faith, upon the face of the earth. This is what's going to distinguish us from all the other people. Right. The believers yes. is the presence of God. Right. That's, that, so to speak, is our ace in the hole. That's the one thing that we have the world cannot have. The world can have things. They can have stuff that we would like to have, actually. But they can't have the presence of God unless God gives it to them, sovereignly or through us. We have that. We carry that. It belongs to us. That's the one thing, and it should be the most important thing in your and I's life, pictured in Jesus' life about a dove on his shoulder, that he always honored the dove. That was a picture of the presence. It was the Holy Spirit who is the presence of God. And that we carry that presence everywhere we go. And we honor that presence like Jesus honored that presence. And the dove, it can be kind of finicky and sensitive. And, you know, and so that's why we keep the mind of God. We keep the presence of God as something in our life about what are we doing. Is what we're doing. Is this offensive to God? Is it pushing God off? Is it making God be in the background? You know, we think those things. And when you think that, you'll always honor the presence of God. You'll ask God, does this dishonor you, Lord? And I want to read one more scripture, then I'm going to be done. Are you all right? I haven't said that today. Somebody told me I need to say it in a different way, but I'm trying to figure out how they say it. you need to say this like this, this would be better, but, and they were probably right. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, they were right. Um, but you know me, I'm kind of slow. Um, it, Matthew five sixteen. this is beautiful. Let your light shine before men. What is light? light is the presence of God cuz God is light. Good. Let it shine. God wants to bring the light. He wants to bring it forth in people. Let your light shine before men yeah. so that they may see your good what works. Yeah. Because you're going to because you're so full of the blessing, so full of the mercy and so full of his presence, you're going to be motivated. You're going to want to do something. Yeah. You really are. You're not going to be lazy and dumb. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you you're going to have this what we saying about this fire in him. And a person with fire don't just do nothing. A person with fire is motivated. They're motivated. There's something that burns in them. Their their dreams burn in them. Everything burns in them. When you've got the fire of God, everything burns in you. Your dreams burn. Your anointing burns. Everything burns. And you don't want to just sit back and be complacent. You don't want to sit back and be like everybody else. You find that to be distasteful. And that's why we ask God, set us on fire, burn in our hearts, Lord. Let your light shine, let it shine forth, that they may say you are good, and glorify your Father in heaven. Glorify God in heaven. It said, it said right there when I first read it, when we get this thing going in our life, when we begin to receive, that's why I said we should pray, we should pray for mercy, a revelation of mercy, a revelation of blessing, and a, a revelation to the face of God, that God will begin to make, be made known on earth yeah. through us. Thank you, Lord. God will begin to be made known. He will begin to reveal Himself to other people through you and I. Out, that's why we can't buy this stupid doctrine of, well, if "I got to be Christ. I'm not going to be nothing. I'm going to be disappearing." God said, "No, that's not. I need you. I need you to shine forth. I need to need you to carry who I am into places, workplaces, yes, dark places." Yes. Supposedly, like places, I need you to do that. You're the clay pot, treasure in an earthen vessel. And then it says, "Your salvation among all nations." It's like a nation. I see, uh, like what Becky was talking about. She said she saw harvest fields for as far as she could see. That's what God sees. As far as He can see, He just sees a harvest of humans that He wants to bring into the kingdom. I believe this verse right here, these two verses are keys for what God wants to do in the earth. Amen? Amen? All right, let's stand up and pray. Are y'all okay? Or did y'all disconnect and go to sleep? And why did he say that? And I'd rather do worship the whole time. You know, everything people think. Don't tell me you don't think that. Yeah. And Brianna's excited. She's excited. You know, sometimes the Lord, you can find out what the Lord's doing by paying attention to Brianna. <laughs> she can get a little wild, but you know, it's all right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's just ask the Lord this morning. We're going to ask Him for a greater revelation of mercy. And Lord, I'm asking you to increase the revelation of mercy. You need to ask the Lord for yourself now. Increase it, increase it, Lord. I, if you're on the outside this morning, God is already wanting to bring you in today. He's saying, you know what? Now you know why you're out there. You can come in. You won't be the same. You won't be the same but that you were before when you were in. And so the Lord's saying, just come in. I, I feel like the Lord's saying that to some people who felt, they felt like they lost things. They felt like things that went down for them. I know that feeling very well. You really do feel like you're on the outside looking in. Nobody wants to feel that. I feel like this morning some of you have been out and God is opening the door and saying, it's time to come in now. Yeah. Don't stay out there a minute longer. A minute longer. A minute longer. It's time for you to come in. God's said, the door's open. My door's open. Just walk on in. I pray that for them, Lord. I also pray, Lord, for blessing to come. I'm asking you, Lord, bless everybody in this room. Bless them in their health. Bless them in their relationships with each other. Uh, bless them in their work, the works of their hand, their finances, their pocketbook, their jobs, their businesses, their ministries, Lord. Just cause them to flourish, Lord. Bless them in their dream life. Bless them in their, in the, in, in when they get up and bless them when they go down. I think they said something like, bless them when they get in the city. Bless them when they're in the country. God, the, Psalm 23 said, goodness and mercy will chase after that's what it literally says It will chase after you You can go nowhere without God's goodness and mercy And God wants us just to begin to believe that To look over our shoulder Not for dread But to see goodness coming out Oh I just saw some goodness pass by I just saw it like come by me You know and I could feel it hit my cheek God wants us to look over our shoulders And feel that Oh you know I'm getting past Oh that was mercy That was goodness It has overtaken me And after it's finished overtaking you, look back and there comes some more. Because David said, all the days of my life. It would be my portion. The Lord is my portion. And I also pray, Lord, uh, you know, that we would be people of your presence. I just pray that. You would put that hunger in hearts. And I pray for everybody in this room that hasn't really had a real encounter of your presence. Where they could point to it. Because I promise you, if you have a real encounter with His presence, you will never forget it and you will always point to I've Him. I've been blessed to have a few of those. And they were all life-changing moments for me. The presence of God. I pray, Lord, for those who haven't had that encounter. I pray they would have it. Where your presence would come and they would come out of that encounter, not the same. They would come out of that counter. Lord, I pray it, Lord. And, Lord, I pray for that harvest. I pray for a spirit of evangelism. I pray for a spirit of missionary, a missionary spirit, an evangelistic spirit to get on every one of us. And everywhere we would go, not just when we go to South America or China or Florida or wherever we go, but everywhere we would go, the gas station, the grocery store, the neighbor's house, we would be asking God, God, do you want to do a miracle here? Do you want to use me, Lord? Thank you, Lord.
1: We're just feeling like, you know, a Thursday night when I was at the Holy Ghost Girls, another thing I felt, um, I felt like Brianna's carrying fire this morning, but I also feel like the Lord is going to release some Argentine fire this morning. There's an impartation that these guys are going to release, and I'm just, we're just going to let them form a little, where's Pablo and Luis in the room? Yeah, the Argentines. We want the Argentines and their spouses here. Yeah, if they're here. We've, yeah. So if they're here, yeah, just come on. I feel like there's something. Argentina has been a nation that has, has a real, experienced a really powerful uh, uh, art revival. But there is a river of fire that is going to be released. They're feeling it. That's what they've had down there. So why don't you start just just. You're just going to pass through. They're just going to lay hands on you. And, and um, I think it's going to be good. Just get that impartation this morning. It's going to be good. Yes. Yay. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just say release the fire, that river of fire this morning, Lord God. Through are our brothers and sisters. Lord, you love the nations of the earth. We all have things to give each other. And you love when we come together and mix. And mix it all up, God. So we're just saying right now, release. That fire, that fire, Lord, that is coming this morning through Brianna and through all the Argentines and those who've served in Argentina, Lord God. Just release it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for the anointing that we carry, Lord, that you've imparted. Lord, we bless you. We just worship you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness that you love to give us Your goodness and your mercy and your kindness and your blessings and your presence, Lord God. We just thank you. Stir it up, Lord. Just stir up. Stir up these gifts. Stir up, Lord. This river that uh, we're seeing that is coming, this wave, Lord God. We just stir it up right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. 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 Lord, let this truly be a memorial weekend, Lord God, that we saw the beginning of you releasing something brand new, Lord, through the eyes of mercy and grace. Lord, this river will be released in the name of Jesus. Telling you, there's fire. It's got-
2: This girl right here.
0: Oh,
1: wind, fresh fire, fresh wind, fresh fire. Oh, breathe on your bride today. Lord God, stir it up. Fresh wind, fresh fire. Lord God, that river of fire. here lord god yes thank you lord thank you holy spirit thank you oh thank you yes yes whoo That fire in the floor.
3: Señor, en tu santo nombre, Jesús. Yo te pido, papá, te pido que tu tu fuego tu fuego empiece a descender, Señor Jesús, que tu fuego empiece a descender, Señor Jesús, en cada uno de sus corazones, papá. En el nombre de Jesús, Señor, que tu fuego empiece a descender, Señor, que tu fuego empiece a descender, Señor Jesús. Más, Espíritu Santo, más, Espíritu Santo, más, Espíritu Santo, Señor Jesús, en este momento, papá, abrimos las puertas, abrimos las puertas del cielo, Señor Jesús, porque sabemos que las puertas del cielo están abiertas, Señor, en el nombre de Jesús, Señor, yo te pido más, más Espíritu Santo, más Espíritu Santo, más Espíritu Santo, más Espíritu Santo. Señor Jesús, que el mismo Espíritu, Señor Jesús, que estuvo en el avivamiento en Argentina, papá, the same Spirit that was flowing in the revival of Argentina, ahora está aquí, now is here, is here, está acá, el mismo Espíritu, el mismo Espíritu que recorrió cada calle y que cambió una nación. The same spirit that changed all a nation is here. El mismo espíritu. El mismo espíritu. Más Señor. Más Señor. Más Señor. Más. 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 Más Espíritu Santo.
2: Más espíritus santo.
4: Gloria, gloria a Dios que, ben, que, que, ben, que le bendiga a to, toda la gente que están acá que bendiga, que Dios le bendiga que, bien, que viene el fuego de Dios yo quiero que todos que están aquí pueden que eh, La gente que no aceptaron a el Jesús en su, en su corazón Quiero que, que hagan hoy Por favor Dios, Dios Vení, Dios Fuego, vení Dios, Dios, Dios. Espíritu Santo Vení acá en, en el, Esto es el casa de Dios Vení, Espíritu Santo, vení a la casa de Dios. Acá estamos para adorar a Dios. Venimos para adorarte, Dios. Acá estamos hoy para adorarte. Por favor, espero que tengas un buen tiempo hoy. Amén.
1: Amén.